tonight, don't you? Amen. Amen. Look at somebody and say, you are so blessed to be able to be in this church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you all of you that were at the Women's Esprit Missions Rally the other night and helped me preach. I appreciate you being there and helping me. I was about to tell them the other night that if they didn't say amen real loud, I was going to preach that same message again. But they said amen real loud. So uh, uh, the Lord has something, I believe, for us tonight. Oh, my goodness. It's so good to be at home uh, right here. Preached this morning in Corinth, Mississippi, and last week in Caledonia, Mississippi, and the weekend before, I believe, we were in, or the week or so before, was way out in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. But no place like Bethlehem. That's right. No place like Bethlehem. Amen. Thank you for all this good music. Give all these uh, musicians and, and uh, singers. And Brother Ethan, a good hand. Don't they work hard to help us have church? That's right. That's right. Far above one of Europe's busiest ports in an industrial landscape of belching chimneys and vast cooling towers live a pair of peregrine falcons. The world's fastest bird has made this harsh an unforgiving environment. Everybody say unforgiving environment. Make, uh, this, this bird has made this harsh and unforgiving environment of Salt Inn Chemical Park near Hull, England. It's home of some 370 acres of steam, steel, concrete, smoke, and noise. It's a big plan. I think it converts natural gas to hydrogen. What else it does, I don't know. But the air heavy with the smell of industry and barely a blade of grass in sight is the site that is the last place that you would imagine nature or nature thriving. But this peregrine falcon and its mate Seem, and I emphasize that, seem quite at home there. As they swoop and amid the steel and concrete, the roar of industry beneath that is deafening. You talk about noise. I submit to you that we are living in a noisy world. The noise that we are hearing is not necessarily the kind of noise that we want to hear. We hear everything that's against church and against God. 
and it gets uh, our, our, uh, our morals and, and the nature of being a child of God. Shall we talk about the deafening noise that pierce our ears, both naturally and spiritually? The Jews were driven out of their homes and cities and dispersed to Babylon. Tel Aviv, according to Hebrew etymology, signified heel of corn ears, whereas Babylonian signification was the deluge or heel of the stream, the valley of the rivers of Chebar. In this vast city, they had the beautiful gardens. They were overwhelming. They were, I think, known as one of the seven wonders of the world. This place was known as the gate of the gods. It was somewhat an overwhelming city to those Jews that uh, had to wind up, if you will, because of their not serving the true God like they should. They wound up in Babylon. I think of the church and the world today when I think of the Jews in Babylon. It was one of these exiles that wrote with tears in his eyes while hanging his harp on the willow. He said in Psalm 137, one, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. I got news for you tonight. There's much for us to weep about. The old saying, somebody said, laugh all you can, weep when you cry, when you have to. And that's the way I say it is for the child of God. Amen. Laugh all you can. Enjoy being together all you can. Live it up when it comes to serving God. But when you have to cry, go ahead and cry. Oh, yeah, by the rivers of Babylon. The Bible said, they hang, we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof, for there that they... For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And their answer to that statement was with a question. It's usually the other way around. You ask your question and you give a statement. But they made the statement and here we are finding that they answered it and they said, how shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? I got news for you, child of God. This world is not church friendly. Oh, I said, I can't feel at home. The old song says, in this world anymore. I told somebody just a few hours ago, whenever, maybe yesterday. I'm looking forward to him come getting us out of here. Oh yeah, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me to heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. When Nebuzaradan entered the temple, I'm told, this little bit of Babylonian history says he found the blood of Zechariah boiling. To his question, whose blood is that? The people answered, the blood of sacrificial animals. He slaughtered a multitude of animals, but the prophet's blood did not cease boiling. Threatened with execution, the people admitted that it was the blood of the murdered prophet. He then slaughtered 80,000 priestly youths that had hidden in the cells of the temple and the blood would not cease boiling. Listen, all burned with the exception of one and the scripture used the term the brand plucked out of the fire. Asking for a drink, these young men, they gave them salted foods and leather bottles filled with air and when they drank, the air from the bottle entered their lungs and choked them to death. I am submitting to you that the Jews was in a strange land. That's right. And I, I'm submitting to you today that the church is in a strange land. This peregrine falcon, a, a, a number of, uh, uh, I think there's 40 species of, of, of falcons. And this peregrine falcon 
Jesus' name is derived from the Latin for wanderer or pilgrim. My Bible, talking about the heroes of faith, said these all died in faith and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. It's foreign to the church. We don't fit here. If you fit here, I'm afraid you're not in the church like you ought to be. Well, that's good. That's a good place to say amen. Oh, it's foreign to the church. It's harsh and unforgiving environment. We are in it, but we are not of it. I'm, they may take the census and count me in Marshall County, but I really count it over yonder. My home is not here. My temporary dwelling place. My tent is here. This is not my, this is not my forever body. There's going to be a better body one these days. Woo! Come on, I'm just dwelling here for a little while. You're just dwelling here for a little while. While we're here, we're going to have to suffer the environment of the day. But I got news for you. We are made for this and we can make it. I said we can make it. Oh, yes. Why is that everything we do seem difficult? It's so challenging to keep people faithful. It's so awkward, it seems. And you try to build a church in our world. It's difficult. We, I, I want people saved more than they want to be saved. I'm going to look down my eyebrows at some of you. <laughs> Isn't that right? Oh, God, I've knocked so many doors. Brother Patton called so many folks on the phone. I want to see them saved more than they want to be saved. I preached a message one time. I may have told you about this. I, I, I need you to help me get you to heaven. But it's difficult. You know why it's difficult? Because this is the world we live in. This is the cursed world that came to us by Adam and Eve. But we're here. Oh, that's profound there, but we are here. So since we're here, we're going to have to adapt, not compromise, but to adapt to the situation Woo! until we fly out of here. Oh, God, I'm feeling something here tonight. Oh, yes, although the Jews suffered greatly and faced powerful cultural pressures in a foreign land, they maintained their national spirit and religious identity. They had to live above the noise of Babylon. And that's what we're going to have to learn to do is live above the noise of our day. Several years ago, a missionary, some of you know about this, but we got a lot of new folks that hadn't heard this story, I suppose. A missionary came over here and brought us a bird by the name of Bozo. I don't know why they named it Bozo, but it was an African gray bird, came from Nigeria, and this bird could talk. Whatever you would say, it could say. Shell, you wave nodding your head like this. You heard it talk, didn't you? Sister Roberts, the missionary wife, she would say, praise the Lord. And when we got the bird, it would say, praise the Lord. <laughs> Just like Sister Roberts. My wife fed it. It's something about that stupid bird. It didn't like it didn't like women folks. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think it liked me because I didn't like it much sometimes. It was so, 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 so. So dusty. And it would just, I, I'm the one, she would feed it and it would bite the hand that fed it. But I'm the one that had to clean up after the crazy thing. But Sister Pat, when the children were going to college, she would get up with them and they would get ready to go. And when they left, leave, she would go into the living room. Good to see Pastor here tonight. We're going to have some more church, ain't we? And, and uh, 
she, she would go into the living room and then she would get down beside the couch and begin to pray, oh God. And that bird hurt her so many days before she could get down on the floor, the bird would say, oh God. We used to wear red shirts at school. I say we did. The school children used to wear red shirts, and our children would either have a red blouse, isn't that right, or a red shirt. And so she had heard it. This bird had heard so many times, have you got your red shirt? And Bozo would say, you got your red shirt? <laughs> I could walk through, the, uh, through it through the living room, and the girl's door was on the other end, I, th I think where y'all are staying now, on that end, and that door was a hollow core door. And, and I would do this number. I would hit the side of that door to wake the girls up. And before I would even get to the door, it'd see me coming across there, it would do the clicking sound like my fingers was hitting the door. <laughs> girls, you gotta get up. I, can I go ahead one more time? Tell you one more story about we had a, a squeaking, a squeaking hinge or two, whatever, on a door upstairs. You go up the stairs and then you turn back to the right and go down that walkway. You could overlook the living room. But in, in that in, end of that, that, this door would squeak. And so she would, this bird would watch somebody walking up the stairs. The day, the, right after we got it, right after we got the bird, by the way, Sister Pat forgot we had it and the bird started talking. She thinking, what in the world is going on? I'm gonna get to a point here in a little bit. But you could start walking up those stairs and, this, and before, that, before you would get to that door that was gonna squeak, the bird would go, <laughs> But you know what? Oh, one more. I got one more. The, 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 we had an insurance salesman sitting there in, a, in our, uh, I was sitting in the dining room. The bird was in the living room area, and I was sitting at the table with this insurance salesman. And the bird said, Lord, help us. <laughs> but you know what? Those peregrine falcons, they were not at home there, but they learned how to adjust because they got into a higher elevation than the rest of the noise down here. Bozo didn't belong in our house. It belonged into some Nigerian desert somewhere where they could chirp and squeak and balk and squawk and everything they wanted to do. But when it came to our house, it learned that there was one God, if you will. It learned how to say praise the Lord. I'm telling you, we don't belong here, but I tell you what we can say, there's still one God and Jesus, oh yeah, and Jesus is his name. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. They didn't belong in Babylon. Daniel and the three Hebrew boys were taken to Babylon. Babylon may have changed their name, but it, they didn't change their hearts. This massive golden image, 90 feet tall, that's some three times taller than this building is here. I think it's 28 feet there. Can you imagine this massive, overwhelming, intimidating golden image? You got to bow down to that thing. And, the, and, the, and when you hear the, the Bible called it the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psalter, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, the real definition of that word was noise. When you hear the noise of the music, Come on, buddy, if you worship, you better bow down. You worship the image. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour in the midst of a fiery, burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? You know what Shadrach, the Bible says, Shadrach, Daniel 3.10, Shadrach, Meshach, and I think I was preaching in 
Pascagoula, Mississippi or somewhere. No, it was Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I believe it was. And, and, and there was this guy, he was prancing across the church praying like, like we do, you know, we do it in the prayer room. They was praying in the auditorium and he said, God, help me to be like Shadrach. Some of you heard this, hadn't you? God, help me to be like Meshach. And, and he forgot the other one's name and he said, that other rack. <laughs> I'm here to tell you tonight, if we could be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in a place that really wasn't their home. They were out of their natural environment. Come on, but they said, we're not careful to answer you on this matter. We're not gonna bow down if he don't deliver us. We still not gonna bow down. Hallelujah. The king checked on them and said, did not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? And I suggest to you sometimes the Christian's life is like we're going through fire in this foreign world to us. Isn't that right? Come on now. We don't, again, we don't match out there with the rest of them. They, they can be comfortable in this kind of atmosphere. But I suggest we never get comfortable in this world. Woo! Hallelujah. Tim used to sing a song, I don't want to get adjusted to this world. To this world, I don't want to get adjusted. But I tell you what, they, 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 it sometimes seems like we're in the fire. But you know what? The king said, lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. Hallelujah. And they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Oh, yeah, and the, the Bible kept on writing. And it said, upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. I suggest to you that we can go through this world and don't have the smell of smoke on us. That ought to preach a little while. I suggest to you we can go through this world and not be affected by this world. Woo! Come on. If, we, if, if there's any affecting done, we ought to affect this world and not have the world affect us. Woo! Oh, yeah. Sometimes we have to outshout the doubt. How shall we sing a song in a strange land? That's where I started, wasn't it? Don't lose your song in this strange land. Pick up and go again. Bible said, be not weary in well-doing. Went on to say, the fifth verse of this same chapter we just read, if I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy, just let my right hand forget her ability to work. Let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. I heard there was a preacher preaching on the radio one time and he said, he, he, he got himself in trouble. He said, let me tell you something folks, he said, if I've ever committed adultery, let the tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. <laughs> he messed up, I'm telling you, big time. Two ways, apparently. That's right. But if I forget Jerusalem, let my right hand lose its power. Let it, let it, let it lose its ability to function properly. The right hand being your right hand of power. If I do not remember thee, if I forget Jerusalem, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem, above my chief joy. Let me suggest something to the church people. Let me suggest something to the sinner. Let me suggest something to every newcomer comer in, the, in the church. This ought to be your chief joy. Nothing but should be more exciting than coming to church. We ought to be like the psalmist said, I was glad. Woo! They said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. This is not a drudgery. This is exciting. This is exciting. I look back there, Brother Patton happened to come down the, come down the prayer room aisle there, 
you will. And you know what he had on? He had a smile on his face. I'm going to tell you something. We don't come in here ground, frowning and grumpy and griping. We come in here to lift up the name of Jesus. Come on. This ought to be our chief joy. This is better than golfing. This is better than shopping. This is better than anything else. And if we ever get that... Come on, if we ever forget that, if we ever let anything else be our chief joy, let us lose every ability to function in this world. God, I want you to be first. Females outweigh the male bird. That's not in the church, though, I mean. (laughs) That's just the birds. This message is for the birds, somebody said. (laughs) No, I'm preaching to the, about, I'm preaching to you about the birds. Female weighs about two pounds with a wing spread of 40 to 46 inches. You got one of those pictures out there? While a male will weigh in at about one and a half pounds, and span 37 to 39 inches, roughly the size of a crow. They're powerful raptors in flight, achieving speeds of 175 to 200 miles per hour. They clocked one at 242 miles. That's something. The peregrine falcon is a master of the air, arguably the fastest animal in the world when it dives to catch birds in flight. To, hope, to help it cope with the speed, the falcon has special bones in its nose to channel the wind, and a third eyelid protects the eyes. Falcons have a very superior sense of vision, and I got news for you. We got a different vision than the rest of the world has. We got something built in us. I don't know what. Oh, yeah, we got something. One of these days, we're going to fly through the air. They're not even going to, oh, my Lord. They're not even going to be able to clock us. Put the radar out. It'll be too quick. We'll be gone. The regeneration of the peregrine falcon in the United States is partly in the species' ability to a new environment. Where do they live? They live 50 stories high. They live above the noise. That's what we got to do. We're going to hear this stuff, but I tell you what we can do. We can come into the house of God. Come on, and we can get above the noise. Daddy used to say, leave everything else at home. Come on in here and worship God. We can get above the noise. We have to rise above it because we don't belong in it. I heard about a pilot or read about a pilot flying solo. He heard a scratching in the cabin of that plane. And he figured out it was a rat chewing on the wiring in the airplane. And he, he couldn't leave the controls. He was solo flying. He couldn't leave the controls to go kill the rat. But he remembered something that he learned in school, in science class, that mice and rats, if you will, can't survive in high altitude. So you know what he did? He put the throttle up, if you will, and flew out of that environment up into the airs where the altitude, where they couldn't live, and it wasn't long, the scratching quit, and the pilot was safe. What are you saying, Brother Wilson? I'm saying when when you hear the noise of this world, you can't change some things, but I tell you what you can do, you can get above it. You can reach higher above it. You can get away from it. Come on, it don't have to chew on your spirit all the time. You got to get back into the presence of the Lord. I said, you got to get back into the presence of God. And the rats in your life and the mice in your life won't destroy you. But if you stay down here with them. I also read that an eagle, I believe it was an eagle, when they reached down to get some of the, some of the, uh, the, their, their prey, 
if they happen to get, it may not be an eagle, it may be another bird, but when they reach down, if they happen to get some infectious uh, beast and they, they get it on them, then it's hard for them to get it off of them. But I understand that when they fly high, the infection can't live in the high altitudes. What are you saying one more time? You can't live in a mundane spiritual situation all the time. Sometimes you have to get higher. Come on now, what are you talking about? I say we're not saved by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to the mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Come on, one time somebody said, one experience with God will not keep you indefinitely. You need to get higher. You need to go higher. You need to go higher. (laughs) Brother Brad, I believe it was you told me if, it's, if it wasn't, just say you did anyway. <laughs> wasn't you flying some remote control planes at one time? And I think you told me that your instructor said, fly high enough to what? To be able to make two mistakes without crashing. You want me to get some mileage out of that or can you catch that? Do you get it? If you're going to live down here real close to the world, you're going to real, oh, Lord. If you're going to live down here real close to discouragement all the time. Oh, this is my pet peeve. I I, I have trouble going to churches where all they do is cry. All they do is moan. Come on. It's time we get out of that. It's time we're not discouraged all the time. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. Well, nobody spoke to me. Nobody told me. Nobody speaks to me. Sometimes you have to do like David. You got to encourage yourself. You got to get up. You got to go again. You can't live down here. You got to get higher and higher where you can get above the noise, where you can, in case you trip, you can... Recover it. You can recover it. Staying above the noise isn't about eliminating the noise. That's impossible. We're not going to change this world. We may change some people one at a time, but we're not going to change this world. It's going to get worse. The spirit of the Antichrist is getting worse. But it's about limiting the noise impact on us. There are plenty of artificial cliffs in the city. Skyscrapers made of steel and glass, concrete and granite. There are tall bridges too. These artificial cliffs are far from the reach of great horned isles. The best predator are peregrine chicks on the cliff that are their natural nest sites, high as they can get. But there are some serious disadvantages, however, to the peregrine's urban dwelling ways. Some see this proclivity for creating skylines, I'm told, of large structures with plate plate glass provides a serious hazard to the birds, especially young, inexperienced ones that fly into them. Fledgings that fall off ledges can be injured, killed, or lost by their parents, which are unable to hear them in the den or the continuing noise of the city. Oh, God, I suggest to you that there's so many perils for our youth today. Come in. Amen. There's a, there's a lot of things that you can run into. That's why that you need a parent. That's why you need a pastor. That's why you should never separate yourself from the church. That's why you should ne- That goes for old folks too. That goes for young adults too. That goes for parents too. You should never separate because we can point out some things that are in this world that if you run into, it'll kill you. Come on now, 20% of these species worldwide can be found in cities. They proved they could survive in the foreign atmosphere. And I suggest to you, if the birds can survive it, we can survive it. Humans have created an unnatural ecosystem and certain birds have adapted and survived. They're beautiful, their plumage, their flight, their songs, We're blessed to have them here. 
The writer, however, one writer said, some may think we'd be better off without them. And you know what I get out of that? That's what the world thinks about the church. You're talking about the world don't like us. We're in Biden's way. We're in, we're, we're in this society's way. We're in the way of socialism. The church don't, does not believe in it. By the way, boys and girls, every time you get a check from the government, they get more control over you. That's why, that's why I'm at Don. Oh, Lord, I didn't plan on saying my notes. Let me tell you, that's why McDonald's can't open back up because they don't have people that want to work. That's why all, a lot of other restaurants are closed up and a lot of other things are closed up. That's why lumber's going up and that's why a lot of things is happening. It's because they can't get people to work because the governor started feeding them and supplying them and check after check after. Well, come on now. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm in the church and I believe if you, if you get food, you ought to work for it. Lord, I, pl- I, didn't plan- I didn't plan on saying that, but I'm not taking it back. I'm telling you, come on now, but the church has got to stand right in this end time. Woo, it's getting quiet. I don't know. Pastor, have you got a good eye on this? Which side of this do I need to preach this on? All the way. Okay. <laughs> You're talking about the world had rather us conservative people be out of their way. Some people thought those birds ought not be there. But what those birds are bringing is beauty and song and happiness. Am I right? They're bringing something beautiful to an environment like salt in chemical factory. If they weren't there, wouldn't be anything else there worth looking at. The smoke and the din, yeah, man, the steel and the concrete. And I'm telling you, if the church gets out of here, this world is going to be in a mess. You're talking about that. We're the only thing, the Spirit of God and the church is the only thing that's keeping the Antichrist, as far as I'm concerned, is the only thing that's keeping the Antichrist from taking over. You better be glad we're here. So, oh my God, the, the world ought to tip their hat when there's an apostolic somewhere. Come on, Marshall County ought to say thank you, Bethlehem, Woo! because you're helping somebody get out of darkness into the marvelous light. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to hurry. Adam and Eve chose to put us in this environment. Adam and Eve went from paradise to thorns. It was just, it was just uh, take care of the garden until they sinned, and after that it became toiling. Sin brings tolling to us. Sin brings evil to us. Sin brought curse to us. Paul, Paul in, the, in the spiritual went from paradise to thorns in about two or three verses. He was in the third heaven in paradise. And next verse or two, he was among the thorns. The generation after the first pair of falcons didn't choose to be in that environment. They were hatched there. Come on. I didn't choose to be in this kind of world, but Adam and Eve got it here for us. You and I didn't choose to be. It was the fall of Adam and Eve. Sin's curse is what's making so much deafening noise tonight, today. Why horrible deaths of innocent? Why didn't God do this? And the question is, let me tell you, it's because of the curse of Adam and Eve. Jesus didn't like death. Jesus doesn't like evil. He healed, he healed four people that was dying or had just died, and one that was dead four days. I'm telling you, he didn't like death, and he still doesn't like death. But I got news for you. 
long as we're in this world, we're living in the land of the dying. I said, we're living in the land of the dying. Well, these peregrine falcons are in a world that they didn't belong, an environment that is not conducive to producing young. Oh, but they defied all odds. They weren't, survive, they weren't to survive one generation. But you know what they did? This pair has brought up five generations of chicks. And I suggest to you, if the birds can survive the noise and the smoke and the smell and the dust of that horrible plant, there's some apostolic people down here in the southeast corner of Marshall County and those adjoining counties that's coming to this church, we can make it all the way through. Let the noise rage. Let the problems arise. There's going to be some folks that's going to go up in the air. Come on, we're going to get out of this world one of these days. We're going to get out of here. Hallelujah. Whether we're dead or alive, we're going to get out of here. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to that day when he comes back to get us. But five generations already. And I got to thinking about it. There's five generations in my, in my immediate family. My grandmother... My daddy, me being the third, Stephanie being the fourth, and Jance being the fifth. And they told me, Pastor, I don't know if I told you this or not, but Jance preached the other day. Did I tell you? Can I tell them? Okay, it's clean enough to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> he said it was good, man. Jance was going to preach. And so he made his notes out. His mother and daddy was there. And he had made his notes out. He said, he said he, he, they said, Let's just preach to us and practice a little bit. You know, 10 years old, I didn't have that opportunity. I just had to get up and go. <laughs> but she said, let me look at your notes, Jance. So she read his notes. And up here it said, say this. And then he would go off on preaching about the blood. Down a little lower, it said, say, say this, if you will. And he'd go off preaching some more about the blood. At the end of it, Betty, it said, walk off. <laughs> That's what some of y'all want me to do right now, ain't it? I'm not going to walk off. I'm going to walk around just a little bit. Huh? Five generations of apostolics. And I got to thinking about it. We got that, we got that and more here tonight. Sister Diane, where are you? Where are you? Where's that baby you just had? Get that baby and bring it up here right now. Darlene, you come with it. Just come with it. You, 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 you in this same family. Come on, come on, Darlene. I want Darlene's daddy, by the way. It turned 90 years old Friday, I believe. Huh? A hundred, 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 hundred years old Friday. I got to talk to him, darling. He sounded good. Do you, look here. Austin, where are you at? Where, is Elizabeth here? Back there working. Okay. Look at what we got. We got one two, three, four, and your mama was, was five, and Ma Stanton was six. I'm saying if the birds can do it, we can do it. I, just stand there a little while. Oh, I looked across here, and I'm not gonna be able to get everybody tonight, but there's some fourth generation Apostolics here. If you are, if you are, if somebody in your family is a fourth generation stand, if you are, if you are somebody in your family, at least four. You got, look at this, look at this. James Williams, help me out. Bonnie, Melinda, Dwayne, who's next? Your children, what's the name? Chad. 
Adam and, and, and look here at these girls. They, they got there's some of them standing over here. Look at that. Oh, where's that little girl at? Ray, bring her up here. Run, Ray. <laughs> Woo, look at this. What is she, a fourth generation? Fourth generation apostolic. Wait till she start having children. Hey, this thing ain't quitting, folks. Come on. I'm saying this church is strong enough. We're going to put it in. Pick her up. Pick her up. Well, this, this church is going to be strong enough that she can have the seventh generation apostolic. Woo! Hallelujah. Fourth generation. There was some more fourth generations over here. Some fifth generations. Justice, where are you at? Justice, where are you? Where are you? Bring that boy up here. Look at this. Come here. Run, boy. There you go. Say praise the Lord. That's what a lot of folks do when they get behind their microphone. Uh -huh. But I got news for you. I got a feeling he's going to be a one God, Jesus name, Holy Ghost. Woo! How you like that? Oh, yes. Hey, this may be a missionary's wife someday. This may be a pastor's wife someday. Come on. There's some more sixth, fifth, and sixth. Stand with me. If you're a fifth and sixth generation, stand with me all over this place. I'm going to tell you something. This world may have a terrible environment, but we can survive it. We're going to survive it. We're going to make 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 it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Stand all over the place. The more they afflicted the children of Israel, the more they grew. I said the more they afflicted them, the more they grew. You feeling pressured? You feel the taxing times? You know, when Jesus came the first time, Luke wrote about it, five verses, there was four times taxes was mentioned. Pressures of the day, taxing times, not just IRS, but taxing times. Times of pressure, times of hardships, and times of trouble. Air pressure is the force exerted on you by the weight of tiny particles of air. Air molecules. Although air molecules are invisible, they still have weight and they take up space. Watch this. A lot of times I preach to y'all play. I preach to y'all start playing. I preach to you start singing. Okay? Don't forget that. My wife was up with me today at, uh, at Corinth, and, 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 and somehow I had her get to the to the organ, I, and, and she wasn't playing, she wasn't singing, and I took the mic. Bless her heart, and she sung. She better have, I mean. How much pressure are you under? Earth's atmosphere is pressing against us every day. Earth's atmosphere is pressing against each square inch of you, of you with a force of 14.7 pounds per square inch. Every square inch of you is getting 14.7 pounds. To some of y'all, it'd be a lot of pounds of pressure. How can you survive? Kevin, you're a pretty good-sized guy. I can pick on you, but I can outrun you. wonder how many square inches you got. I see a foot right up here. I see another one over here. Three, six, nine, ten. times 15 pounds per square inch. 144 square inches and a foot. A lot of pressure, Brother Kevin. You know what it means. 
You felt it in this world. Not just physically, but spiritually, right? How in the world can we survive that kind of pressure in this kind of world? I'll tell you what, don't forget, we got pressure inside of us that's keeping us from collapsing. You take a deep sea fish, he's not going to live up here because the pressure's going to be less. God knew what he was doing when he put them where he put them. God knew what he's doing when he put us where we're putting them. Oh, we got some air inside of us too. On the outside, but greater is He that is in you. Come on now, somebody ought to somebody ought to say, "Man, greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world." Well, how are you going to survive this atmosphere? How are you going to survive this environment? We're going to get more power inside. We're going to get more Holy Ghost pressure inside. Hallelujah! And we can stand. We can stand. Come on, sing. Hallelujah! We can stand in these days. I said, we can stand. We can stand your spirit lives within me so I will walk in your peace your spirit lives within me my victory my victory your spirit lives within me so I will walk in your peace your spirit saying I look to something higher than what I am I look to, I look to something that's better and stronger than what I am that's why we come back in his presence we're made to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus and we can survive it we can survive it we are surviving it we are making it we are making it one more time sing it one more time Your 
just thought of something. I think I'm right. Craig, you're, you're a fourth generation, aren't you? Or fifth. And he's fifth or sixth. Fourth. What, let's, let's back up. You got, you got him and you is two. Your mama's three. Irene's four. And and on your daddy's on your own on 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 uh, on uh, Joe's side, you got Joe. That's Joe, uh, Irene. And then you got his. I think there was one one generation that may it may have skipped, but my Pipkin. So that's six. I looked over there and saw Pip and I thought about it. Isn't that awesome? Sitting on the altar over there. Sixth generation apostolic. That's good, ain't it? Hey, I remember the message you preached. Trying to think of the title. It was so good I can't even remember. No. It's talking about the, the sure mercies of David. How it just kept on rolling. Got something in motion. Y'all remember that? it again. They don't even remember. Isn't this something? It started rolling with Ma Pipkin back in 1944 or 45. And it's still rolling in 2021. We're going to make it. Look at your brother and say, we make it in this world. It don't matter how bad it gets. We can make it. We can make it. Amen. You know how you're going to make it four, five, six generations? It's by flying above the noise. The world's not going to change. In fact, it's going to get worse. But if you'll get in this with all your heart, make the decision, I'm going to live for God, come what may. I don't care what the world does. I don't care what the noise is. I'm going to live above it. You can make it. Your kids will make it. Your grandkids will make it. And you can make it with your all your family for generations to come. Amen. Amen. What a word. Amen. Let's give Bishop Wilson a one big hand in the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we pray that you watch over us, keep us, protect us as we go our separate ways in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.